we could go together, Morgan. Censored Cinephiles fans, we're back for the movie review of Top Gun. That's right. We're going to be reviewing not Top Gun Maverick, but Top Gun the original, which is why I have my super sweet shades on and my spiked up hair. And Bianca is reporting live from an actual flight deck somewhere in the Indo. Whoa, watch out for that. Whoa, <laughs> that jet was coming in close. Yeah, watch out. It- they're coming in hot on you there, so just yeah, keep Mind. an eye out. Yeah, just watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the original Top Gun movie, mm. is this the most patriotic movie ever made, or is it the most June Pride Month mm-hmm. movie ever made? <laughs> or is it both? Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Somewhere in uh- the middle? Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's like made in the 80s, which is this like hyper masculine sort of pro-America, like Ronald Reagan sort of era, you Mm. know, where it's all about like, I'm sure you'll go into your conspiracy web of whatever. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
This is like pro America versus the Soviets, you know, like <laughs> like era of like the hyper masculine sort of like high concept movies, you know. So we see like films like Top Gun, we see films like Red Dawn, we see films like the Rocky movies, you know, is it Rocky Four or whatever, where he's like takes on the Soviet, yeah, uh, enemy. You see all those type of movies. You see like the Rambo movies. So it's very much Independence Day. <laughs> well, that was in the nineties, but oh, that okay, was... that... yeah. But remembering Independence Day, we all came together, right? Mm. Do you remember yeah. and like. The, the 90s. New World Order, yeah, was well, created. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we can... <laughs> All the nations came together to fight a bigger intergalactic sort of threat, whether yeah. it was asteroids or aliens. Anyway, in the... well, before we move on, wait, before we move on, imagine, if you will, the world coming together to fight an outside threat from outside of this world. Has anyone ever said that? Anyone famous ever said that anywhere? Um, I don't know, but please do tell. George Bush at the United Nations. So but George Bush Sr.? I think it was George Bush Sr., yeah. In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Oh, him. Yeah. Yeah, old, old George Bush Sr. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. keep going with your 1980s patriotic... Yeah, so it was uh, like films. this. You have to remember in the 80s, you had the rise of the yuppie and young professional. So you had like these men in their 20s and 30s, sort of like into fashion, um, very about fit and healthy, <laughs> like um, masculine, but also kind of in touch with their like, not feminine side, but in touch with having a good body. Like, you know, in a American Psycho, you know, the Patrick Bateman type of character. Mm -hmm. That was actually um, Christian Bale said that he based his performance of that character in the 2000 film off of Tom Cruise, which is really interesting. Really? I didn't so, know that. That's no, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have all of these like aspects. So you have like the Cold War, you have like this yuppie culture, you have the MTV mm. generation, you know. So a lot of what Top Gun is based off is it's iconic for its soundtrack, you know, Take My Breath Away. Uh... Um, Danger Zone. <laughs> Hanging out with the boys, you know? You know, I, 
I think I think the soundtrack is one of the better movie soundtracks out there for what the film is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Like the film is supposed to be like a 1980s Mm. pro-America like film. So the soundtrack actually coincides with the film quite nicely, in my opinion. Yeah. So they based (laughs) it's ironic in a way that they I don't know it's kind of like they envisioned the film to sell like the music before they kind of envisioned to sell like anything else like it was the producers came on who came on board or who like started the project were coming um from flash dance you know that famous film what's it famous for you know that song what a feeling you know i don't know anything about flash okay, dance so i don't even know flash, what that is <laughs> exactly nobody knows what flash dance is but you must know the song what a feeling yeah i know that song yeah right so that whole film came about to sell that one song oh right? well I, I i personally don't think top gun was made to sell the music not maybe no it was more likely to sell a combination of things like the navy the you know, the Air Force, you know, joining the armed forces. But it Mm -hmm. also helped to sell a lot of things. Like, um, interesting fact that I found out was that sales of aviator glasses and jackets from a... Yeah, (laughs) aviator glasses went through the roof after this movie. (laughs) So, you know, like, like, you know... Uh, all the young professionals, the yuppies, were like, I'm, I've got to buy these, like, aviator glasses. These will get me the chicks. Chicks are so ridiculous. Hair gel also increased in sales. Yeah, yeah <laughs> possibly. possibly. Um, I, so, to me, the movie was a massive military propaganda film that was basically put out there to increase uh, to increase uh, recruitment of people yeah, that's into not the Navy. Even, that's not even a conspiracy theory. If you but, watch videos on it with yeah. the director Tony Scott and the producers, they even admit that they worked closely alongside the Pentagon. Yeah, so I wanted to this movie. I wanted to read an excerpt from the Los Angeles <laughs> Times on that actually. Okay. So this ahead. is out of the Los Angeles Times. The film's F-18s and other military gear are courtesy of the Pentagon. They're talking about the new one, Top Gun Maverick, but this is also Mm. the case for the original film. Mm. This is the job of the U.S. Defense Department's Entertainment Media Office. (laughs) And the CIA also has one called the CIA's Liaison Office, which operates (laughs) out of Hollywood as well, right? And basically how it works is if you want access to military technology, like you want to use F-18s for your film, then the Pentagon and the CIA gets to write your film. So, quote, which allows use of such assets in exchange for control of the script. Each military branch, except for the Marine Corps, which operates out of Camp Pendleton in San Diego County, maintains satellite offices along Wilshire Boulevard to do outreach with the entertainment industry. The original 1986 Top Gun which was intimately guided by the Navy, has long represented the military's capabilities 
when it comes to steering pop culture. Until recently, the scholarly consensus had been that this phenomenon was isolated to perhaps a couple hundred films. In the past five years, however, my small group of researchers has acquired 30,000 pages of internal Defense Department documents through Freedom of Information Act requests and newly available archives at Georgetown University, which show the Pentagon and Central Intelligence Agency have exercised direct editorial control over more than 2,500 films and television wow. shows. That's insane. Yeah. So it's, Top Gun is the most blatant, yeah. but it's definitely not the only one. No, it's a little bit disturbing. I'm not going to lie. I don't think necessarily that's a good thing, you know, to put that I mean, let's think of it as, I don't know, think of anything else. Like, it's essentially a recruitment video to say to young, you know, adults, sign up to something that is, you know, would, uh, going to take over your life and make you into, like, look at Full Metal Jacket, you know, that like, what happens to the men in that movie? Well, I say men, but the young boys, mm-hmm. essentially, what they go through in the army when they're cadets you know i know that's just a movie example but you know if you they do strip you down of your identity they do you know i i might i don't know i've never been part of the armed services and i have great respect for those who are part of you know the army and the navy and the air force they do a tremendous job and i'm glad that you know, people do go out there and defend our right and, you know, protect their country and serve their country. But I think it's wrong to paint it in such a light, mm. uh, in a way like Top Gun, where it's all very glamorous and it's like, you're going to score chicks, you're going to fly. <laughs> you know, you're going to fly. We'll yeah. get into that in a second. But yeah. Okay, you might not necessarily, yeah. <laughs> You know, but it, it's painted in such a way that is completely different to the reality of being in the armed forces. Uh, I, I don't think... I might disagree with you a little bit there, because, like, if you remember the opening scene mm. where Jester is turned around by the Russians because they were, like, doing, you know, that close air combat drill, mm. and then he has to fly back to the carrier... And he's all shook up by it. Like, I, I think they showed, like, at least a little bit there in the beginning how there can be, like, this mental toll, especially on, like, a pilot. And mm. once you lose the edge, like, you lose your ability to, like, be kind of, like, psychopathic in a way where you don't care about anyone but the mission. Once you've lost that edge, you've lost it. And, like, people, I, I guess it didn't really show much of it, but, like, the psychological toll on people that do serve is immense, mm. even in times but of peace. I, I, I didn't really get that in the movie. I just didn't think it translated all that well. You know, I mean, but yeah, then it's, 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 it's a point. It, it, the point of the movie is entertainment. You, you know, it's yeah. not necessarily going to show the after effects. It's not going to show the post-traumatic stress disorder that, you know, veterans suffer from. No, especially um, if it's not, be, if it's being written by the Pentagon to recruit Yeah, people, no, right? they're not really going to so. say like that, are they? And, 
you know, it is hard to to make a movie which captures that. You know, everybody's experience is unique, and I think in a watching Top Gun. Um, for the I think first, the Hurt Locker yeah. though. Have you ever seen oh, the yeah. yeah, that nailed yeah. that PTSD kind of thing that pretty did. well. And I think Top Gun, you know, people say it's just a bit of fluff and entertainment, but it does have some emotional moments of it, you know, in yeah. the movie. And I think we do feel like there is a lot more character development than we actually think on the surface. I feel like the character of Maverick actually goes on somewhat of a journey. And I think that his past and his especially his relationship with his father, like living in that shadow of his father is something that is actually explored in a movie and gives his character a lot more depth. Mm. Um, so I don't think a lot of critics when a movie first came out really dismissed the movie. They didn't like it. They thought it was like too high concept, too um, action orientated. Um, they didn't really like focus. They didn't really find the movie focused on, a lot on character, but I think in in lots of ways it does do that. And the scenes that are most interesting are the not necessarily action scenes, but the scenes of the characters interacting with each other. You know, especially like um, Maverick interacting with Goose and Iceman, I found quite interesting. But hmm. maybe I'm seeing it. For, I don't know. It's like, well, I mean, this... who didn't who didn't cry the first time they saw Goose die? I mean, yeah. seriously, it's that like was so a... sad. Yeah, like I I buy into their like friendship. <laughs> I generally buy into their friendship. I I do feel like I don't, Tom Cruise does an amazing job of having that innocence to him still even when he's been a bit of a dick. Mm. You no, know, you can't help but feel like he just wants to be looked after and, you know, have uh, find some sense of belonging and purpose in the world. And I think that's, you know, this is such an interesting movie from Tom Cruise because this was his first big movie, his first big break. He had starred in... Um, Risky Business, I think, before, which had been a sort of bigger shit, but not, like, on the same scale as Top Gun. Yeah, I've never seen that, so... I don't no, know. I've never seen Risky Business. The only thing I know about that movie is he does the dance where he's, like, in in the shirt and... Yeah, everyone's yeah. seen, like, the parodies of that, basically, because it's, like, mm. a famous scene, but... I'm pretty <laughs> sure they, like, parody that in, like, Family Guy or something. It's yeah, like... it's been... Yeah, in so many over, different yeah. movies, but um, so Top Gun was Tom Cruise's mm, first big movie. I almost think it was like the height of his career, but I must be wrong. I guess I don't, I'm not good at remembering like timelines. Was like the movies where he was like a big time lawyer, was that after? Yeah, so 1986 is when Top, the Top Gun movie came out. Okay. So, like, you're thinking of A Few Good Men, which yeah. came out in 93? Okay, so that was afterwards. So this yeah. was, like, his first like, in yeah, uniform, this, I'm yeah, the guy in uniform this, video. This movie. is the movie that sort of, like, 
propelled him on to doing projects with like Martin Scorsese, uh, going on to do films like Rain Man, which I think he got Oscar nominated for, you know, um, going on to do Days of Thunder, you know, A Few Good Men. So like, this is what really established him as like the leading man. Until you got to Eyes Wide Shut, which we just reviewed, and that was like the end of his serious films career, and he went back to just doing action films after that. Yeah, it's interesting. In that transitional period, so you had films like um, Magnolia, and you had films like Vanilla Sky, which mm. kind of came out, yeah, I think Magnolia came out in 99, and then Vanilla Sky came out 2001 or 2002. Yeah. But it's like that kind of like serious Tom Cruise, I'm going to be a serious actor kind of like faded away and then he got into the more, you know, like um, Mission Impossible movies and Edge of Tomorrow. And I, I kind of see why he decided to go down that route. He is like, we forget like, of all the actors that are out there, Tom Cruise is like the one that you can define as a proper movie star. Like mm -hmm. he's getting, I don't think if you were to bring back Top Top Gun without Tom Cruise, there's no way Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, would have made any money. I yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't. No, tell. but I, I mean, I from what I've heard, it's a really good movie. But yeah, you need Top. Top Gun to have Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to bring back, I, I don't know, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air without Will Smith, which I think they tried to do and it didn't work. So, see, I've always liked Top Gun because the uh, action scenes in it are so well done. It also depicts the United States' greatest advantage over other countries, which <laughs> is the fact that we have like 11 aircraft carriers with pilots that can fly off of them yeah like the you know the chinese are building aircraft carriers at like a ridiculous rate right now but they their biggest problem is training the pilots yeah to fly off these things because it actually takes like a huge amount of skill and balls the size of like you know <laughs> i think you do have to be a maverick really you oh, have yeah. to take the risks you have to be like you have to follow orders but you also have to be to have this rebellious streak in you yeah i mean you, you have to live yeah. life very dangerously to be a aircraft carrier pilot right <laughs> yeah it's so. not it and that i think that's what makes the film so good is it captures that you know mm. But now let's get into the other side of the film, the, <laughs> the more funny side of the film, if you will. Oh, no. Okay, I can't so we are in this. we are in June Pride Month, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's my opinion and my audience's opinion that this is also a uh, very proud and loud movie. And like the sort of hidden kind of like don't say anything way of the u.s military like see nothing say nothing but it's there like this mm. undercurrent of like homosexuality in this film which is not like a bad thing i just think it's hilarious i 
I think it's slightly intentional by the filmmakers. Like, I mean, first off, you've got to try and sell this movie to... You want, in order to make a movie sell, you need to sell it for, to a range of different audiences. You need to sell it to women. And that's easy. Like, Tom Cruise is, like, pretty attractive. I'm not going to lie. In this movie, he's got, like, the smile. He's really young. He's got that youthful look to him. This um, is pre-Scientology Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, this is before he's, like, on Oprah, jumping <laughs> on the sofa, going nuts. You know, this yeah. is before all that nonsense. Um, so you've already got the women hooked. You've got the men hooked, the straight men hooked. Because it's like <laughs> the airplanes and like fighting and action. And what's then, do, how do you get the other, you know? How do you the get them gay guys to join yeah, the movie? Yeah, like, <laughs> and you know what? I I think it would have, in a way, I kind of think it would have been good if we had maybe... I don't know, maybe addressed it a little bit more if the movie had addressed it a bit more. Like, <laughs> oh, I think they, they had... addressed it quite a bit. I mean, no, but I think, <laughs> no, I think if they had like a, a openly gay character, they did. The movie, <laughs> they didn't because nobody says that they're gay. There's not one moment like where, like, yeah, this is. This is in the 80s. Back then in the 80s, yeah. you couldn't have that. It was illegal Which in the is... US military. I know, which is really weird when you. It was think like about uh, it. do touch but don't tell policy or something. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Which is. It's a bit odd, really. Um, but in a way, you can sort of read it as like the closeness between the men and the friendship that they have and like the brotherhood that they have. It's just that volleyball scene. It's not just like, the volleyball I scene. I, I want to go through a couple examples it. here. We're gonna oh, go through no. a couple examples here. Oh, so I got I got some that I wanna I wanna it's cool. bring I've already, forth. I've already cancelled myself, so no one can cancel me. So <laughs> well, we're not criticizing LGBT. No, I'm, saying, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying like I just think this movie is pro LGBT. I it's think like it hidden. is too, and I think it's like it should be i think it has been embraced by the gay community which is awesome yeah. it should be and an official pride month yeah film. i think it should be and you know <laughs> what like i think it's uh it, it sh shows like the power and closeness of like male friendship and that's not something that should be ashamed about you know like shamed of um yeah Okay, go on then with your examples. I don't know where I'm going with my point. Okay, so they first walk into the bar at the beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, yes. Right? Yeah. And Goose <laughs> says to Maverick, he goes, oh, this is a target-rich environment. Mm. And there are, like, some women in the bar, but the camera mainly pans to all the guys in uniform after that, right? <laughs> This is what I call a target-rich environment. You live your life between your legs, man. Go see if you can get laid in a place like this. I'm telling you, I'd be happy to find a girl and talk dirty to me. Matt. So yeah, it's is like... that meant to be like a joke? Like, Goose is trying to 
joke about it or is it meant to be like an obvious sort of like nudge nudge wink wink type of thing yeah so uh, yeah is it so then to confirm that it's like a nudge nudge wink look at all these dudes thing right <laughs> but shortly after that goose and maverick are like talking about doing a bet to like get like maverick has to get with a chick right mm. or like somebody and then goose is like you need to have carnal knowledge and then he adds of a lady this time of a lady this time <laughs> the bet is twenty dollars twenty dollars right. you have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time <laughs> which means a- the last time tom cruise got carnal knowledge of a dude Right. Well, we don't know that for sure. We don't but we know said of a lady this time, which yeah, means the said, last yeah, time. Yeah, but it could have been like a mistake. <laughs> oh, I don't. Okay, I'm not. You're in not Thailand. I don't want to go down that route. You have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's an interesting example. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got more. Don't you worry. Oh God. I got more. There's the volleyball scene, obviously. I saw a gay porno once. I didn't know until halfway in. The girls never came. The girls never came! I am freaking out! Yeah, okay, I'm not even gonna lie. That volleyball scene is, like, pretty... Intense? I mean, it's just, first off, it's not necessary to the plot of the movie at all. You could take that scene out of the movie and the movie would still be fine. Like, it doesn't, like, add anything to, like, the narrative. It doesn't add anything to the characters. We've already established that there's that rivalry sort of, like, you know, between Maverick and Iceman. Is it a rivalry or are they secretly attracted to each other? Because there's a lot of scenes in that film where they're like, yeah, in the like, locker room and they're like getting really something. like, like they're really close <laughs> together. They're almost I'm... kissing a lot of the time, and then okay, he tries I'm to not... bite him. He's like, oh, he's doing the play thing with him. He's trying to bite right in front of his face. He's I'm like, not Look, a guy. I can bite your okay. Nipples, okay. Okay, I'm not a guy, <laughs> and I've never been in a locker room. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice man. I am dangerous. Is that something that happens? No, no. This is none of what you see in Top Gun happens in locker rooms, which is why it's so Uh sus. (laughs) So you never have like that guy, like guys walking around naked, sort of like whipping each other with the towels type of thing. That that never happens. Look, I'm not going to get into what takes place in guys' locker rooms, okay? This this mm. got Donald Trump into a lot of trouble, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, is that what we're saying? Yeah, what I'm saying is it's not like what they depict in movies. No. Right. Why is it depicted in such a strange way in movies? Because guys make movies, and we all have a code that we're not allowed to say what goes on in the locker room, so we have to make it different than reality <laughs> but why just not say it's like how it is it's like because okay. it's you're not okay a le- you no. guys are talking about women right 
that's mostly yes that's what takes place in locker rooms is like we're talking about women and shit okay so just say that like is it is it not weirder or or sports we talk like they talk about sports a lot so so nothing really is interesting being sort of like at all because sports isn't that interesting no no one's like fighting with each other and being like i'm a better alpha male than you and i'm more alpha than you are and like showing each other that doesn't happen in the locker room yeah th- the th- only th- thing th- i've ever th- seen that happens in the locker room is occasionally two people threaten each other and then it'll turn into a you know argument of like blah blah f you you're a bitch blah blah blah, and then they just end up not fighting and going their separate ways because everyone's like this is a locker room everyone's friends here have a beer yeah it's weird how (laughs) it's no i guess it's the same with like how women's locker rooms are depicted in films like Mm. there's this like cattiness bitchiness to it but I, don't I assume all women stand around naked in lingerie doing their makeup and talking shit about each other to each other. No. No, that's not how it is. So, uh, maybe this is something that one day like, could be examined why it's depicted in this way. And like, why is Tom Cruise naked in just like white underwear during that whole scene with the instructor guy? Like, what is the point of that? To sell underwear. <laughs> obviously is that not like a film like that's made just for the ladies and the gay guys watching film like that whole scene they could have that conversation like anywhere why is it in the bathroom when tom cruise is like naked maybe you one could argue it's to show his vulnerability (laughs) oh okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so the movie right the movie is you're kind of touched on upon something about like the homoeroticism of the movie mm-hmm. um i remembered listening to um the brett easton um ellis podcast and i can't remember who he was discussing top gun with but it was fascinating and they were sort of who people who don't know brett easton ellis is the author of american psycho and um, various other books and he's also gay um, so his intake his like um, analysis of the movie is actually quite interesting from a gay perspective and he was talking about the movie and the volleyball uh, scene and he was like I just can't stop watching it <laughs> no that's not that's not how it, how it went down but they were breaking down like the Mavericks relationship with the the woman um oh yeah who looks like a guy the chick who looks like a dude yeah so they were saying like in that scene you know where they get into the the elevator together Mm -hmm. she's dressed masculine oh yeah and like and he's like suddenly very into her (laughs) but in reality the reason that she's wearing a hat was because she'd that scene was filmed after audience test screenings where they said that there wasn't enough chemistry between the two characters but she had already signed on to another film role and had changed her hairstyle so they put her in the cap to hide the fact that she that film that scene wasn't in the original film
Looks like you need another shower. Right. <laughs> oh, so the cap was added to hide her hair change. Her. Yeah. But it is interesting when you sort of like look at it from the overall perspective of the movie with like how their relationship unfolds because it's kind of like she puts him in this place. She's very much a older, mature woman, very domineering in a way. And... Yeah, yes, definitely <laughs> older. She's not very attractive either, in my opinion. Oh, I think she's pretty attractive. Uh, I I don't know. I like. <laughs> I kind of think the the sex scene is very like. Oh yeah, let's break this down. Oh no! <laughs> Take my breath away. It's a good song. Good song choice. Would you would you make love to that song? No. No. <laughs> it's a bit too cheesy. It's a it's bit too, too cheesy. On the nose. Oh, uh, okay. So you're more like into Marvin Gaye then? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but is that not like one of the most cheesy sex scenes you've ever seen in your life in a film? I don't think so. I think it's like it's very much it's very 80s. But I think it's, I think the way it's filmed, like the blue lighting mm-hmm. and the shadows is very, it's in, in the close-ups. I think it is, it works really well, mm-hmm. but it almost doesn't belong in that movie. right it belongs in a more like chick flicks romantic movie and it feels very out of place and another interesting fact was that scene didn't exist in the film before the test screening so they added that scene after as well oh because they're like this maverick dude is like flirting with guys and <laughs> we not need to make him more laid. of a macho man how yeah. do we do that he needs so. to at least get laid by somebody in this film yeah and tom um, cruise is like no don't make me <laughs> um <laughs> so i personally think that scene is actually very well done um i don't know if you know Tony Scott um, prior to this movie made a really good movie that I recommend people actually go watch. It's a vampire movie starring David Bowie um, and it's called The Hunger Mm. and it was a major flop when it first came out but it's like this sort of threesome love triangle between these vampires or like two vampires and a woman who's mortal and it's really interesting and very well done and very like sensual. Ooh. Yeah, it's really good. Um but like it's mm, he's 
like used that sort of like the way it's shot for this like sensual sort of like the lighting erotic sort of thing in Top Gun for this one scene and it kind of like show like the rest of the movie I don't think you would know it was directed by Tony Scott it could have been directed by anyone but that fact that he's included that scene kind of is like reminds you that this is what he's done prior so Tony Scott's not like a very realistic uh pornographer then because like to break down that sex scene it's like not realistic of actual sex at all no it's very very slow and like yes sensual but like to a point that it's not realistic it's just like it's clearly like a movie daytime tv okay it's it's shot like a music video like you know like madonna's music videos from that era you know but um i think it does its purpose well like it establishes the relationship between those two characters yeah like if you were to take that scene away i don't think you would feel like the realism between those two characters like you wouldn't feel like they're relationship is realistic no like the whole scene where she like freaks out and drives off after yeah well I like that is so like reckless like that doesn't think that's like not in line with who her character is like I feel her character is very much in control and like she, she wouldn't kinda... even say a nice thing about his flying but then she's gonna go like careening across the town and almost get killed yeah and I feel like she kind of gets the kicks from talking like talking down to the guys and and putting them in their place like is yeah. she then gonna flip out and do like a at like a <laughs> see tony scott should have done more of like you know from yeah. like the movie euro trip where he goes in and she's oh, got like the gosh. rack and she's Why like welcome to we're going to start slowly teasing you was a little light okay. erotic oh. foreplay. Wee! <laughs> oh, oh, yes, ladies. On, on, thunder, sex! <laughs> Why do you bring up Eurotrip and every opportunity that you can? It's, it's like a classic film. It's just it's absolutely classic. Right. Okay, it's not a classic movie. Like, at any opportunity you like to bring this movie up, like, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. You'll be like, but do you remember in Eurotrip? And it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. We watched Eurotrip once. And now, like, you know, you have to bring it up every single time. It has these iconic scenes in it that just describe things so perfectly. Yes. <laughs> well, but with that lady's dominating personality yeah. and her like looking like a uh, a man half the film, she should have definitely, you know, when he came over and he was like late, instead of her being like, oh, you can't shower, she should have been like, get on the rack, Tom. That would have made it a way better film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have sold very well to like the wider <laughs> general audience. <laughs> You think that might have killed the, the conservative crowd? That's like the yeah. main. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this movie was in theaters for ten months? What? Yeah. Ten and months. It, ten months. Like when you think about how 
short, like the theatre released sort of like lead time to like home theatre or home video. It's like what? Like a movie is like released in cinemas for one week and then suddenly you can rent it at home. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even yeah. like that. I, I, I like I used to like like the wait, like you went and saw a movie in the theaters and then like you're like, ah, oh, now I have to wait to see this for a few months. And then it would come out in Blockbuster and it'd be like this huge shelf in Blockbuster. And you'd be like, yes, it's finally here. And you'd go get it and watch it like a hundred times in two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and another thing which is interesting about this movie is that when it was released on home video, they put it at a special promotional price. <laughs> buy um which was about 24 dollars i don't know what yeah. that is in like today's currency but that seems like a lot when that is a lot like, in 1986 but compared to other movies that were out like it was a hundred dollars to buy one vhs tape I believe with the current rate of inflation, thanks to the Federal Reserve and their bankster nonsense, $26 in 1986 is now worth $30,000. I I didn't think we were going to get onto this. I don't know why I brought that up. I a major regret for that. Yep. But I just think that's interesting. Like the reason that this film was so popular was that it was like on VHS was like kind of affordable for people to buy. Mm. So like the it not only was it in theaters for such a long time, but it was like sold. I don't know how many x amount of um, VHS tapes. Like it was mm. huge. So like. Oh, I do have I do have one major mm. gripe with Top Gun that has to be stated, like before mm-hmm. I forget, is there is no way anyone could perform the minus whatever G mm. pull that he supposedly did while like right on top of a MIG. You couldn't even pull that not on top of a MIG. Like the G forces they claim he pulled in that maneuver are like way beyond human capability yeah so i mean i think the movie is impressive in terms of its like flying scenes that's all done by actual professionals and um and tom cruise yeah well tom cruise was like mm, filmed everything in the studio against like a green screen so you know. They didn't let him actually fly an F-18 around? They they <laughs> took... This is a funny story. Um, they took them up in the jets and all of the, all of like the cast were pretty much so sick that they couldn't use any of the footage. Which, like, I get, like, if you're not being trained to do it, you're going to be like, I, I know, I'd be vomiting all over the place. Yeah, it's like so, being in a roller coaster for the mm, entire time you're in the thing. <laughs> but it's really refreshing to watch like a movie and not have the CGI, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel movies nowadays have become so over-reliant on CGI and 
that sort of thing it's kind of like it ruins a movie for me instantly like i can't watch certain movies because of how bad the cgi is yeah me too i hate cgi i can't stand it that's why i like the bond movies because all the action stuff is done with people and actual cars that's why top gun is such a good movie because it's done with actual military aircraft yeah Right. The unfortunate trade-off for that is now the Pentagon gets to write your movie. Okay. So who knows what was actually put into this film based on the director and the people that, you know, are given the credit for it. And who knows what some like shadowy little glowy guy in the Pentagon put in there. You know what I mean? I think the original script was a lot darker, you know? Probably. Yeah. in the new film, it's probably Russians again. I mean, obviously they picked Russians in 1986 because of the Cold War, right? Mm. So why not go with the Chinese for the new film is my question. It's the same reason that when they re- remade the Red Dawn movie um, five or six years ago, they couldn't. They made it with Chinese as the... Um, antagonists mm-hmm. and they had to digitally <laughs> this is insane they had to go into the movie and digitally like change the eyes of the Chinese actors to make them look Korean oh Jesus I, I knew to they changed them... the Chinese flags and I didn't know they changed their faces too they they digitally changed it so to make it North Korean because North Korea is like a major threat even though their country is like starving to death and they have no military really well they have a huge military actually North Korea they have like the third or fourth largest military in the entire world yeah but they They can't feed their own people they can't yeah like Yeah. yeah And you um, could shut the internet off in North Korea with like five hackers. So, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I guess if you want your movie to sell to a global audience of, especially an audience of, um, let's say, 1.5 billion people, yeah, in one particular part of the world. You don't want to be making that population look like the bad people. So you, so you know, the Chinese uh, government, the CCC party, took a look at Top Gun Maverick, and uh-huh. they demanded changes be made to the movie. And the director told them to basically go take a hike, and they're not making any of these changes. And that's why a lot of people are giving Top Gun Maverick a lot of praise because it's mm-hmm. actually a pro-American movie in China. Like, have you seen, there's some movie that came out about like the first man on the moon or something and China got them to take out any patriotic aspects of that movie. So it doesn't even show NASA in this movie. I think it's called first man or something. Oh, really? Yeah. So they got a really good movie. That's actually kind of awful. So there's no references to America or the American flag. They got the American flag scene removed from mm. the movie. So 
So they tried okay. to do that to Top Gun Maverick, but mm. the director said, "No, we're not. We're not doing that." Well, good for them. Um, yeah. This is Pride Month. I, I will just say that um, a lot of Hollywood movies have removed certain scenes, uh, have um, changed certain posters um, to appease a Chinese audience, and. Frankly, I don't think that is fair when you make a movie that is supposed to be promoting LGBTQ representation or people of colour and they're a major part of that movie and that franchise and that narrative to the movie, then you should be promoting that globally, not mm. just in Western you know, countries. Um, I'm not going to mention any studios, <coughs> Disney. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, had a really. It's weird. Cough. I could have sworn I, I, your cough I, I, sounded I did... like Disney. No, it sounded like Disney. <laughs> Disney. Sorry. <laughs> you missed on. You missed... I just misheard you there. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that's fair. And I think that's actually a really wrong approach to take. Like, you're choosing money over representation and that's that just goes to show the morals of this company and then they try and you know say claim otherwise they try and say other things they don't respect their consumers mm -hmm. you know yeah. um and frankly um I, that's a there's so many movies that i've you know, read up about where they've like removed certain scenes, um, changed posters, um, and it's not really discussed about in like uh, mainstream film criticism. And I think that's a real damaging aspect of um, of our film culture really is that we're not you know you can't just what is the point of putting those scenes in the movie in the movie in the first place if you're just going to take them out yeah it just doesn't make sense and um you know it's good that top gun maverick was made in that way and the director stuck to their guns you know so I wish more film directors and film studios actually laid down that sort of rule and said, like, this is our product. We've made it in this way. You either show it or you don't show it. You know, mm -hmm. it shouldn't necessarily like you can release a movie and still make a billion dollars at the box office without having China involved. Mm -hmm. Like when they released Joker, I think. They released that without releasing it in China. And that movie had a budget of like 15 or 30, either 15 million or like 20 million, whatever. It was a pretty small budget compared to most mainstream blockbuster movies. That film went on to make a billion dollars without being shown in China. Yeah. So you don't need to pander to a Chinese audience when you already, you know, when. It's just, if it's a good movie, people will see it. Yeah, you know? I feel the exact same way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, one question I do have for you that you could answer as like a British person, someone who's not American, yeah. watching these obviously very <laughs> pro-America films, do they make you like when you watch these films, does it yeah. make you like America more or does it make you resent American exceptionalism? You know what? Like, I think of the movies that I used to watch when I was younger, they, like um, World War Two movies and just after World War Two. So like the British film industry, like in World War Two and like just after, so in the 1950s, had a lot of like pro British movies in terms of like you know um, events that took place in World War Two, like the Dam Busters and oh, there was so Ice Cold and Alex. So many movies that were centered around um, events that happened in World War Two and British involvement in those movies, and they were essentially propaganda if you think about it, because they were trying to make the British army and British forces look good mm -hmm. so they were very patriotic like oh yes keep calm and, and carry on we'll show these you know these we'll show this Hitler and his you know bunch of you know, scallywags you know like that sort of yeah. thing um, and it was all very much like that the same way that Top Gun tries to promote like American patriotism um, and those movies to me were had the entertainment factor of like you had the action scenes you had the special effects granted these were made in the 1940s and 50s so the special effects were little models and like strings and stuff and like you know really filmed in black and white and like people go oh pretending to like dodge things and you know so yeah all very sort of like artificial but they captured the mood of like what the public were feeling like the sort of like high of just coming off of winning a major world war war world war and the struggles that the, the whole nation had faced going through like the blitz and having to go on rationing and that sort of blighty spirit and I kind of see the magic of those movies in a way because they capture a certain spot in time where like the whole country came together as one and it didn't matter about your background, about who you were. You were fighting a common em enemy. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see that kind of reflected in Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Like all the people in the Top Gun class or group, whatever, like the school, they all seem to come from different backgrounds. You know, we don't really necessarily know about their individual backgrounds but we get the sense that there's people coming from work class backgrounds people coming from like a more middle class background we have people who are from broken homes we have people with families 
you know, people of different races are represented and they're all, all coming together to fight something that is larger than them. And they're doing it not for them, but necessarily for their country and for their nation and the people. You know, there's like a bigger sense to it. So watching the movie, I don't, yes, it's very American, but it kind of reminds me of like what the power of coming together and being united. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of translates to whatever nationality you are. You can all relate to that in some way. Like all of an, all of the nations across the, the world have had to fight a bigger en- enemy and have had to make sacrifices that come together. So um, it's kind of like, it's, it's good to sort of like see how like yes it's boasting about like I'm American I have like the we have the big ships the big planes and stuff but you know when you're a global superpower you kind of need to put on that front so and it's kind of like oh America's the, the nation that we can turn to in times of crisis so it's reassuring does that make sense yeah it makes a little bit of sense yeah oh, it makes a little bit of sense that's fine yeah i mean that's as an american i like the film because <laughs> cool. you know there's so much anti-american sentiment out there especially right. with the last couple of wars mm. we've been involved in that most of the stuff that you like consume is stuff being like oh, America's bad, we did this. America's Mm. bad, we did that. The CIA did this. The CIA has black sites here. You know, they're doing all these naughty things in this country. And every military movie now is like the green zone, which is just making the American military look bad. So they have an actual pro-American military film as someone that supports the U.S. military and thinks the U.S. military is what defends our freedoms and our Bill of mm. Rights is actually like a nice change of pace. Yeah, no, I completely <clears throat> agree. I think you do, you, that's, you know, that's not dismiss that there's bad things that do happen in the military. Um, and they definitely should be called out and films should be made about them and, these issues should be addressed in order for change to happen mm-hmm. but at the same time we have to remember the sacrifices that people have made over the countless years you know not just in terms of like sacrificing their actual lives in terms of dying for their country but sacrificing their time and uh, you know their livelihoods and uh, their families and their friends in order to protect people like you and I, you know, so we can speak shit on the internet and yeah. make a podcast. So, I, I, you know, um, I think it's kind of, it is, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, I, I don't think it's, the thing is with Top Gun, I don't think it's necessarily advertly in your face, like, war is good. I don't ever feel like these characters want to be doing what they 
at the end of the day, don't necessarily want to be going off and killing people. They just want to fly planes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there doesn't seem to be any enjoyment about killing innocent people. I, I guess they're not really innocent, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. the, you can see the trauma that is there. And I think the film doesn't get enough credit for actually capturing that so you feel the pain of the characters when they lose someone and when they have to do something that isn't necessarily that goes against their consciousness consciousness and their like beliefs and you know mm-hmm. yeah no i completely agree sweetie um so would you as we wrap this up Mm. um you know because we've been going now for about an hour on this so i don't want to make it too long um would you recommend people watch the original top gun movie oh yes definitely i think it's like the perfect movie to capture the 80s like hyper um high concept film the blockbuster this is like one of those movies that is like when you think of the word blockbuster this is the movie and I think it's so good to see Tom Cruise before he got kind of weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like in this movie you kind of like oh he's kind of lovable and cheeky and then you think like oh no now he's like crazy yeah basically yeah I like it you like, like it, it yeah I like it I didn't like it at first when we watched it I was like kind of dismissive of it but now it's kind of grown on me it's grown on you so it's a movie you gotta watch more than once then yeah I think so like yeah it's cheesy but you can sort of watch it with like anyone in your family you know what I mean like not anyone but you know like it's a movie you can put on and like everybody's like oh actually I'm gonna pay attention to this there's something there for everyone so (laughs) last two questions the most important two questions of the entire thing Mm -mm. what is your favorite call sign of the call signs and what would be your call sign oh i don't know (laughs) i don't know what to say i don't know i'm not good at coming up with these sort of things what about you i want to hear yours first well, which is, you got to answer the first question first, which was your favorite of their call signs? I don't know. I don't, um, I'm trying to remember of them. Uh, what was Goose's? Goose. Yeah. Goose. This is call sign is Goose. Yeah, like, like, like Goose. Like, it's kind of cute and funny. And it kind of suits his, like, persona like goose is just goose like you know it just works yeah it suits him so well because when you see him you're like oh yeah that is goose like um where's duck no there's no duck you need duck and goose no you don't need a duck you need duck and goose you can't just have goose (laughs) need swan how are they gonna find their pumpkin (laughs) I didn't, I tell you what, I didn't necessarily like Iceman, because... Iceman? That's a classic name. No, I didn't think so. It didn't really, like, 
I felt like I don't know. Like I would have maybe Hulk or something. Oh, like, a Hulk? Yeah. This is like a big green giant dude. Yeah, he kind of. That's what I was thinking. That's like more in line with his character, or like. Iceman's perfect for his character. He wears like the blue. He's like at the bar drinking the cup with ice in it, right? He's got the slicked hair. He's cool, right? I don't. I Maverick. Later, he'd be bat. He'd be Batman. You know, Val Kilmer was just getting ready to. I tell tell you what. People need to check out his documentary that, or the documentary that was made about him which came out a couple of years ago called My Name is Val. Because um, he's had, like, throat cancer and doesn't can't actually talk anymore. Oh, or, like, that's sad. It's really sad. And uh, But in the documentary, his son reads, like, um, from his diary and reads, like, a monologue written by his father about his career and it's really interesting so if people are looking for something to watch i reckon that recommend that it's a really good documentary he was also in that movie the saint which was about cold fusion which is a misnomer for low energy nuclear reactions which is one of the most heavily suppressed uh alternate energy sources out there and was being tested by the san diego spay war lab which is a U.S. Navy laboratory in 1994. So there we go. Just like ads to another. Just throw thing. that in there. I yeah, don't know just why. Like, I just chuck it. Chuck it on. Chucking it right onto the podcast. Okay. All right. Talking about <laughs> where were we? We were talking about call signs. What's your favorite call sign? And you were like, well, I don't like Iceman. Yeah, I don't like Iceman Goose. And then you were going to say what mine would be. What would yours be? Obviously, the Queen Bee. The Queen Bee. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, She stings like a bee, right? Yeah, exactly. What about yours? Of course, if you sting like a bee, you die after the first sting, right? So maybe you don't want to be Queen Bee if you're an airplane pilot. No, kind of like that is the thing. You're like, oh, when is she going to make her sting? Like, I keep them guessing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know. And then my, like, I can see it. Like, I have this moment of, like, glory where I, like, do this amazing maneuver. And then I die. And then people, like, it'll cut to someone go, she get, she did her sting. She did her sting. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, like, a really, like, crucial moment, emotional moment in the movie. <laughs> And then, like, you have the music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so see, it, it works in that context. Very nice. I want to know what yours is. Mine? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. I'd have to be, uh, well, Captain Frost. Come on now. <laughs> that's, that's an obvious one. Because I'm the captain and I'm ice cold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like yeah. Deacon I... Frost, I will suck your blood. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's that's what I'd have to be. I'd have, that's nice. what I'd have to go with. Call or maybe call sign ghost pirate, right? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 
people watching tell us what your call sign would be oh that's a great yeah there you go yeah, yeah see, leave I'm a get... comment with what your call sign would be i'm getting see i'm getting this now and and leave some funny call sign names too like you know what could have been some funnier call sign names for the people in the movie like instead of maverick like you know i come up with some things but i don't want to get the podcast taken no, down again don't. No, so I'm gonna just hold. I'm gonna hold talk. some of these to myself, but just think very funny. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> take 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 that to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, I've really enjoyed chatting. I like Top Gun. You know what? I've like been converted. So thanks. You're welcome. It's part of your American <laughs> training program. So I'll have you yeah. pre-programmed to come to America by the time you come here in what eight days now? So you'll be here for July 1st. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get to celebrate a proper July 4th. You know. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. There's nothing more American than Top Gun and July 4th. <laughs> and obesity. And obesity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, you have a new uh, Twitter handle. So you want to... No. no. <laughs> not, you're not promoting the new Twitter handle yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. People don't need to know. It'll be in the description box if people want to follow need you. Need to know basis. Yeah, it'll be in the description box if people want to follow Bianca. And are you? Do you want to promote your possible new blog website that you're working on? Mm, at some point, yes, I'm still working on it. Okay. But I'm quite excited. I think people will really like warm to it, and I think it's going to be something that's like completely different to what people have seen before and I hope it's going to be a refreshing take on film criticism so we're giving we're speaking to, for the fans in that regard so yeah it's a film critic website for people that can't stand film critics that are too far to the left or too far to the right yeah it's like, just something that is just about film criticism there's no taking sides there's no like of this left versus right garbage no it's just on. it's just yeah. it's all it's just like we're talking about movies and that's all that matters so exactly so hmm. thank you for joining me uh happy pride month all you top gun fans out there we all know that you're you're here because you're celebrating your favorite pride month movie and uh thank you for viewing that with me bianca that was a lot of fun thank you all right take care everybody remember to like subscribe and share and we'll be back with the next uncensored cinephiles which is going to be on the shining it right? is yeah so, that'll be fun definitely subscribe I've got, I've got some major things to like some revelations that other people probably haven't even like thought of so i am so excited so hype is unreal yeah the hype is unreal i think i know at least one of the things you're talking you know, about yeah. I can't, yeah you did yeah. find some unique stuff so i did yeah we'll be going over that in the shining review next thank you everybody mm -hmm. be back Bye. soon Bye bye, bye.